Hello again, friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Geek Down Podcast. This is the show where two nerds sit in front of microphones and try to find the sweet spots where their fandoms intersect. My name is Jordan Ferguson. And my name is Caitlin McKinnon. There are so many ways you could listen to the Geek Down Podcast, and if I wasn't exhausted, I would tell you about them. Well, there, there's actually, by so many, you must mean two and a half. Yeah. Because there's, there's iTunes. There is iTunes. Which is super easy. You just hit subscribe. Yeah, and then magically, the episodes just appear. Gnomes escort new episodes to your device. Yeah, and there's, of course, SoundCloud, which you may be listening to us right now on SoundCloud. SoundCloud.com slash GeekDownPod. And uh, you can subscribe to that as well. Yeah, you'll get a notification every time a new episode goes up. Same thing. Gnomes will escort the notification to your device. And you just get that SoundCloud app and just listen to it straight in there. Yeah, and then there's some... uh, thing with uh, i don't know fairies made it i don't or know something. how we're yeah i don't know how what's it called stitcher Chom- stitcher chomper, chomper? Oh. stitcher you listen to us on chomper <laughs> <laughs> no, no you can't because that's not a thing uh stitcher though chomper, chomper should be and, on uh, the board. and zipper and um all the other knitter embroiderer all the other <laughs> crafty gonna come, type somebody's gonna come after us now for for, <laughs> for that misrepres- trademark mis- misrepresenting money. their uh <laughs> their web app yeah so yeah, no Stitcher. So we're not really sure how it works. Hey, but if you use it, we're there. Yeah. And you know what? You can always just uh, let us know. You can let us know on many of our social medias. It's at Geek Down Pod for most everything. Yeah. And the, of course, the Facebook group. Which is at? www.facebook.com forward slash Geek Down Pod. Get at us. And, Say hello. And tell us how Stitcher works. <laughs> please because jordan has no idea jordan like read one tutorial and like threw his rss feed in there and it was like cool we're on stitcher now and if you own chomper we're sorry and you can tell us about that on facebook as well we yeah we'd be we'd be very curious to hear about it yeah i'm sure as long as it doesn't involve undersea animals friends i'm gonna tell you up front it's gonna be a rough one we um we're not in the best condition we've been in before. Sunshine Bubbles and Scarlet Ember are a little worse for wear today. Yeah, Sunshine Bubbles hasn't slept. Sunshine Bubbles got up at 8.45 last night. It is currently 3.30 in the afternoon yep. on Saturday as mm-hmm. we are recording this. I made the call when I got home this morning at around 7.30 to be like, nope, I'm just going to power through. I'll be more tired if I sleep. If I nap till like noon or something... I'll be more tired, and then I'll have to, like, get up, tidy, try and get some of the dude funk out of here. I hope you appreciate that scented candle I've had going for a few hours. Very much so. See, I'm considerate, friends. But instead, I'm just going to stay up. I'm going to, you know, relax, play my iPad games, Yeah. watch the third episode of the thing <laughs> that Caitlin brought me. Good to know. And, uh, and tidy the house. And that's the decision I made. I have to live with that decision. I'm very unhappily living with that decision because i'm real tired friends and scarlet ember had a great night hung out with some friends last night had a good sleep slept in a bit got up had brunch brunch. everything you're saying right now and then you are living the life i want and then though Hmm. began her trek here and slowly developed one of the worst headaches she has had all year hot damn I have taken Advil. I've had water. I've had hot drink. <laughs> nothing. Nothing has made it go away so far. Calling it hot drink. It sounds like something I've made with like boiled mouthwash and, <laughs> and cayenne pepper for it's you. Just, it's just apple cider, but it's apple cider powder. 
and I got it at No Frills. Just hot apple cider for like a dollar. But I mean, usually hot apple cider is you get it in a jug, you put it in a thing, you put some cinnamon sticks in it. Oh, you fancy, huh? Yeah, that's right. That's how we do. Thanks, mom, for all that, all the hot apple cider I could drink, because I can't have, I just can't have like tea anymore because nobody has soy milk. Unless I bring it with me, like a dork, <laughs> then I'm not getting any tea. Those little travel bottles for shampoo, but you just have it filled it with soy milk for when you go to... I, I might just start doing that now. It might be a thing. Facts. Facts. So, yeah, we're a little bit out of it. A little bit out of it. How was the week? I'm so tired, I don't remember how my week was. I, I just can, worked. I can tell you, my week was insane. Insane? I had so much work going on. All the work. All the work. All the work. Um, the only thing that happened to me was I got my first fuckboy designation. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. Oh, good job. <laughs> only took 39 years, but it finally did it. Apparently when you, you know, work nights five days a week and have about eight hours of free time, half of which it's typically dedicated to making a podcast, apparently that makes people who still feel some sort of way mm-hmm. more irritated than they let on when you can't like immediately just leave your house. To go do something when they want to do something? You know what, Jordan? I am hmm. so glad you don't have a chip on your shoulder about this. <laughs> I really don't, but I'm just saying. Y'all wonder when people ask me, like, hey, Jordan, you seeing anybody? I'm like, no, nah, I just work and make podcasts. <laughs> yeah, that's, no, I get it. That's why. Whatever y'all need to tell yourself. It's it's hard out here. I am, I am secure in my truths. Boom. Sip that tea. I feel like if we ever needed a, what do they call them when they put things in radio shows? Stings. Maybe drops. Drop the sounds that they make, like <laughs> awuga, and like. Well, it'll, it will never be awuga, but you never know. Um, I think we need things for times like that when we've got truths, and should be just like like a like a gavel or something. <laughs> Well, friends, if that if what I just said was a lot funnier with the addition of sound effects, <laughs> you'll know I put something in at Caitlin's request. Um, all right. Well, since we don't really have any, you know, interesting lives or do anything interesting, um, we're just going to move on to news? I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Although it's, it's sad to be in this state because I have probably like the most exciting news of the year for me. <gasps> what is it? So... This rumor hit about six months ago that the members of classic Queens, New York rap group, iconic 90s Hall of Fame group, A Tribe Called Quest, had basically an album in the can. Yeah. The story about Tribe was always they put out three flawless records back to back to back from like 89 to 94 Put out two pretty good records after that, yeah. But then just kind of like piddled out and you know stopped really you know, fu- fucking with each other like that, like the getting on each other's nerves type of thing, as tends to happen when you are you know with people making art since you were like you know eighteen years old to you know thirty five, right? And there's a really great documentary about their whole like journey called uh, Beats Rhymes in Life that you can go find. It was on Netflix. I don't know if it still is, but it shouldn't be that hard to track down. I'm sure you could rent it for like two dollars. But the the cliffhanger of that was that they still owed their label an album. So right. that was always, like, the great hope. It was like, man, may, maybe one day. They were still getting along. They would still, like, you know, go take bookings. And, like, a lot of these rappers 
from like that era can still like pay their mortgage by doing like a tour of Germany or something or playing like five dates in Japan type of thing. Right. These are the countries that never got to see them during the quote unquote prime golden age and they still want to see them. They're still an audience. So, so there's always the hope that this would happen and the leader quote unquote leader of the group, um, a guy named Q-Tip had said they performed as an opening act for Kanye during the Yeezus tour right. at uh, MSG. And that was, they said that was going to, that was it as far as like live shows. Right. Like that's it. They're not, they're not performing anymore. But then apparently what happened because Q-Tip posted this giant Instagram thing and Facebook letter, the 20th anniversary of their first album, people's instinctive travels in the paths of rhythm was last spring, I think. Okay. And they were on Fallon and they performed. And at the time, a lot of people who had maybe seen the documentary where they weren't really getting along and sniping at each other, you know, read a lot into the stage presence of all of them and thought like, man, those guys fucking hate each other. (laughs) They can't stand each other. Apparently, according to this letter from Q-Tip, not the case because they really liked the energy. And that was the moment where they walked out of there. It was like, we need to start making shit again. Right. And they went into the studio. Now, tragically, in between then and now, the other MC in Tribe, Fife, passed away due to complications from diabetes. That was in early summer, I think. Yeah. So... When these rumors of a new album started burbling up, fans, including myself, were like, eh, for two reasons. One, well, Fife passed, so how much did he really contribute? Also, Q-Tip is a notorious perfectionist. Right. And Q-Tip produces most of the beats. He's one of the best beat makers of, like, in the conversations of best beat makers, he's always in top five. And he's a notorious perfectionist. I remember in that documentary... Somebody makes the comment about, like, you know, he'd still be working on their third album if they hadn't, like, <laughs> bust, if somebody hadn't busted in to get it from him and just, like, yeah. grab it. And there are other issues that have happened in the years since with, you know, sample clearances. Tribe was always really sample heavy. The prevailing theory now is that something like Midnight Marauders, their third album, like, you couldn't make that record now. Because, because the samples be would be expensive. way too expensive to clear. So, the passing of Fife, Q-Tip's perfectionism, and, like, eh, what kind of samples are you really working with made me, like feel like it's cool if that was happening i'll believe it when i see it right q-tip up on instagram a couple days ago to say yeah it happened they started it fife passed apparently he laid enough verses for them to feel good about finishing it with buster rhymes yeah and a guy named consequence who was on their fourth album yeah and was kind of affiliated as well with them and this is coming out on november 11th that's amazing. Like, it's coming out. Like, Tribe are my Beatles. Like, I can't emphasize that enough. Like, So you're geeking out about it. This is why I'm even bringing it up on the show. Because <laughs> if the show's called Geek Down, then this is the definition of something I would geek down about. Because I was on the bus on my way to work, zooming in on this tiny, like, Instagram thing. <laughs> and like, blah, 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 making album. Oh, shit, the album's real. Blah, 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 blah. On November 11th, we finish our instinctive journey. I'm like... What? What? So the last Tribe album comes out in like two weeks. That's amazing. I don't know what this is going to sound like. I just hope it sounds fun. I just hope it feels fun. I think that 
that's awesome. Not a lot of people and bands get to do a final hurrah or final album. It's too bad that Five passed. It is. Before seeing it. But at the same time, he actually got to work with them again and yeah. a lot to rest, probably. Tip says that this is not like old recycled you know, outtakes that they did, had in, in the can that they yeah. didn't use for other things. It's like, no, they're new. They're new verses he made for this project. They were writing and working together in the studio. So, like I said, that's the best way I can describe what this group means to me when, like, if, if I have to, to people who don't really fuck with rap, it's like, Tribe Are My Beatles. Like, I can take every rap group I love and, like, assign them to an analogous classic rock group. Right. You know, De La is, De La Soul is my Pink Floyd Tribe is my Beatles. Wu-Tang is my Sabbath. Like, you know, they can assort them so people will understand, oh, that's the vibe and that's what you, that's what they represent to the culture. So, yeah, it's like finding out that there's a Beatles record that never came out that you're going to get in two weeks. That's really exciting. Whew. That's my, (laughs) that's my big news for the week. Well, I guess that's been sort of like pulling you through the... The boringness of of the week has <laughs> the, the been gr- the the grind of just going and working and coming home. Yeah, that's life, friends. That's like all the good movies that are coming. Well, good. We'll see the, all the movies. I should say that are coming out. I'm really excited about it. I got to break up the season somehow. Like what? What are you excited about? Um, I'm excited about Doctor Strange. That come out this weekend? It did come out this I, weekend, didn't it? No, I think it's coming out in November. Uh same with. Um, oh, I think it's this weekend. I saw a review of it on IGN. What? Fact check. Um, so Doctor Strange is already out in some markets, possibly European, definitely in Hong Kong. And uh, you are correct. November 4th, it comes out Yes, in North America. And then I think right after that, the weekend after, I believe, um, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them comes out. Oh, right. It yes. may be the weekend after that, but I know it's in November for sure. And I'm just excited because... I I miss the Harry Potter universe. I like seeing magic being done. And Doctor Strange. Marvel and magic. It's amazing. <laughs> um so yeah, I'm 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 excited. I I like I like my fantastical uh sci-fi movies. Boy do you. I do. And who knows if they're going to be any good, but I'm kind of I'm not as I guess severe as people are on movies. I think people take movies too, a little too serious, seriously sometimes. Would I like to see more diversity in movies? Absolutely. That I take very seriously. But movies themselves, like if there are plot holes, who cares? <laughs> like, who, really, who cares? It's not... I know people who will pick things apart. And be like, it doesn't make any sense. I think when we deal with the things we deal with, which is, you know, sci-fi, fantasy, nerdery, I heard it recently referred to in a discussion on the third season of Black Mirror called the yeah, but yeah. moment uh-huh. where it's like you go into something in good faith, willing to suspend your disbelief. Yes. But there's like a sweet spot for like how long you oh, can yeah. go before they're like, yeah, but we had a yeah, but moment on Facebook when I was watching an episode of Black Mirror. Okay, what was where, it? About where the kid... This is episode uh, f- uh, three of Black Mirror called Shut Up and Dance. So if you don't... I'm not going to spoil anything. Oh, okay, the, the, yeah. the premise basically means people are being blackmailed. Right. And one character has been blackmailed. He's basically been filmed through his webcam. Hackers have filmed him through his webcam. 
jerking off. Yeah. And he's like super like, and granted he's a kid, but he's like super terrified about this getting out and like going out to people. And both of us were just they, like, they kind of got around it in the end. But yeah, in the lead up, I was like texting Caitlin, like, hey, thought experiment. Because <laughs> <laughs> if anybody was going to do this to me, they would have like terabytes of footage by this point. <laughs> Of that sort of thing through Nobody my webcam. Nobody needs to know that. Jordan. So, yeah, like I believe your phrase was like, "I just own it like a bad bitch." Like I just, uh, yeah, like I would just be just like, get out in front of it. And be, the, yeah. the second they threatened it, it would be like, "Yeah, but okay." I just like I would just tell all my send all. Yeah. Hello, friends, professional acquaintances you may not have heard from me in a very long time. Here's what's up, and here's what's about to happen. Just this is a thing that happened, and it's awful, and we should stop people from being able to do this instead of this is my fault. It's fine. Everyone does it. Just like, I, yeah, it just doesn't seem like it. that's that big of a deal. If it was something way worse than that, then I could see that premise working a little bit better. So, yeah, I suppose there is a little bit of that, yeah, but. And there's just, like, a sweet spot. Like, they were saying, this article I was reading was saying, like, an episode of Black Mirror should be, like, 45 to 50 minutes. Yeah. That's, like, just enough time where you're, like, swept along with it and don't enter your, yeah, but moment. Yeah. If it's anything longer than that, because some of these episodes have been, like, an hour and a half. And I definitely find it's not the science or the mystical parts of things that make me do the yeah, but it's people's reasons for their actions. Mm -hmm. That's what makes me yeah, but. Motivations. Motivations and just, like, how people deal with things. I That gives me the yeah, buts. (laughs) I think we've just created a thing. Got a real case of the yeah, Yeah, buts. buts. (laughs) Yeah. So we'll see if uh, Doctor Strange and Fantastical Beasts and where to find them have the uh, serious case of the Abbots. Well, someone will have to let me know because we know Jordan ain't going to see either. Well, I'll, I'll let you know. Tell you all about it. She's probably more inclined to see Fantastic Beasts than I am to see Doctor Strange, to be, <laughs> really? to be honest. Hey, are you going to see Rogue, Rogue One in December? If someone wants to take me and pay for my ticket, sure. You seem very excited. I'm not going to pay for it. Yeah, I know, but still. Would I sit through it? Yeah, only to like prove my point. If they took <laughs> no all the No one's going to take you now, if Jordan. They took all, if you if you want to hear me be mad if they took all the punk rock out of Rogue One, then Oh dear. Anyway, I have so much to look forward to. You want some fuckery? Yeah, sure, why You're not? You looking forward to that? Yeah. So earlier this week, um the last issue of the Marvel series Mockingbird, yep. which is about S.H.I.E.L.D. agent Bobby Chase, I believe her name is. Um, I don't know even what her powers are. She was like a C-string Avenger. Back in the day, tended to be paired up with Hawkeye a lot, was dead for a while. Now it's back. She can just kick butt and take Gen- names? Generally, yeah. Um, I think she was in Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Possibly. I think I think she shows up. Possibly. Um, she was in a new series that was being written by a rather successful novelist named Chelsea Kane. I know she's a mystery writer and has written other sort of suspenseful thrillers, those sorts of things. Really? Yes. I'm going to have to check her out. Yeah, novelist, novelist first before comics. They yeah, do and she's, she, I know she's she's sold millions, but I didn't know what she which, did. Which, is, which will be an interesting, <laughs> interesting point regarding this story. So... 
was it sales related or was it just this tends to be the Marvel plan now? You get eight to twelve issues and they're just like and they cancel it and yeah, reboot it with a new number one. Hey, we got enough for two trades and uh, just pump those out and on we go to the next yeah number one. But the series was canceled and Kane was on went on Twitter to say basically like the book's canceled, but we need to make sure Marvel makes room for more titles about more titles by women about women kicking ass. Yeah. Which is true. Pretty benign point, yeah. you'd think. You'd think. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you fucking nerds. Uh, they ran her off Twitter. Yep. She, she quit it. She deleted her account. She was like, fuck y'all. Peace out. And the, the side story to this, which was somewhat interesting, she had tweeted later on, uh, quote, my ranting wasn't a plea for affirmation, truly. I'm just done here. I'm amazed at the cruelty comics brings out in people. Brian Bendis, of all people, yeah, in a, I don't know, just a hurry to reply sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> Even though he has since maintained that, like, he was trying to just be there for his friend. He said he's friends with Kane personally and, like, as a way of being, like, you know, don't turn your back on comics. Being, like, you know, trying to make it, it's the people, not the comics and not the medium. Mm-hmm. Kane wasn't really having it. Right. <laughs> it was like, we can DM about this. But basically, it was her saying the thing that we've been saying for a long time, where it's just like, the shit we like tends to attract the worst people in a lot of ways. Yeah. Don't know what it is, but... So we, you, know, you know what I'm thinking, though? I think it is that the stuff we like, it attracts... I don't think it attracts a certain type of people. I think... Losers. We're all losers, people. It's just... Well, no, but I think... Admit it to a certain extent. I think it's an equal spread, but I think because we are also attracted to this thing, we have more... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? When you brush up against something, we 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 encounter these assholes more. Because mm. there are definitely other, excuse my language, assholes out in the world... Right, like they yeah, I guess I'm, you know I'm sure sports fandoms are fucking terrible. Are awful. I'm sure online movie criticism in general is terrible. Terrible, but we I think there are more women and nerdy women and and intelligent nerdy women who are liking comic books than they are maybe football. Sorry, I was just, I was just envisioning what like trolling film discussion boards is like and just. <laughs> Angley hasn't made a good movie since the ice storm. I hope he gets cancer and dies. <laughs> yeah, that's basically <laughs> be like the equivalent. It's not funny, and you're not funny. But if that's yeah, your that's... If that's your mode. That's basically it. So yeah, um, and the point Chelsea Kane made was like, I've sold millions of novels. No one has ever come at me with the level of vitriol and just rage and bile that writing a poorly selling comic brought to her doorstep. Yeah. Because why? <laughs> Cuz people are awful. Who the fuck was making y'all read it? I'm going to bet y'all weren't reading it in the first place no. or the book when it got canceled for She's low sales. She's just a woman who is writing comic books How and therefore dare she. <laughs> exactly. And therefore she deserves to be torn down. So, yeah, she bounced from Twitter. Um creators and fans started the hashtag stand with Chelsea Kane. Posting the uh, the amazing cover to the last issue, yes. which has her chilling out in some short shorts and a t-shirt that says, ask me about my feminist agenda. 
And there's been fan art and all that sort of thing as well. I haven't read an update of this story uh, in recent days, but, I mean, she's not certainly not the first female comics creator to be driven off of social media. Well, I can tell you. By assholes. I can tell you an update. Hmm. Uh, apparently, the numbers are up for for the book. <laughs> People are buying. People are buying the book out of spite. Yeah, <laughs> nice. They're just, and I think a lot of it is like I hadn't heard about it, and it's probably because it hadn't been selling too well. But also, I don't think they really pushed the book marketing wise. Probably not. I mean, I don't. Yeah, I don't really follow creator lineup announcements anymore. So I, d- yeah. I knew I would have recognized her name. I didn't know she was been. She had been writing. Um, but now I think also a lot of people because, I mean, I guess thanks trolls because now <laughs> all these people are buying this book and and the numbers up and that, that's kind of awesome so there you go there's kind of maybe a, a silver lining to this cloud yeah i guess i hope it doesn't deter her from you know if she does want to continue working in the medium i hope the behavior of idiots don't push her out of the medium, whether that's with Marvel or doing something creator own with Image or what have you. Fingers crossed. Always fingers crossed. That's when they win. They will never win. When they make when they push people to stop making stuff. That's when that's when they win, and that's unacceptable. But know what you can't stop? The body rock. Um, I was gonna say Marvel <laughs> from making more movies. Lord, no. Why would I try? Why would that thought even enter my head? Well, I mean, what's going to happen when, say, uh, what's his name? Chris doesn't want to play Steve Rogers anymore. What is his name? Chris. It's not. I'm having all the other ones. Pine, Hemsworth. Oh, my God. Chris (laughs) Captain. Chris. We can do it. We can do it. Chris Evans. Evans. What happens when Chris Evans doesn't want to play Captain America anymore? Steve Rogers. Has he been talking about that with more frequency? He's brought it up before. Well, no, it's just it's just a thing. But, you know, Kevin, I'm going to do it wrong again. Feig? Feig? Feig. Feig? I believe it's Feig. Feig. He's said that... Captain America doesn't necessarily have to be Steve Rogers' Captain America. No, it doesn't. He's read lots of comics. He knows from comics history that there are a lot of Captain Americas out there. At least two others. One of them's a woman. Sorry, I'm scanning my continuity database. When was there a woman Captain America? It was, it's, um, the daughter of... Of, Why are you prodding me? Because I'm trying to remember, and I'm hoping psychically it will go through my hands into your arm. Um, uh, Jessica a... Jones and Luke Cage. Oh yeah, and like fu- yeah, and like future timeline. Yeah, yeah, I know, but she's still Captain America. Yeah, for like for like five pages in one like alternate timeline, yeah. future thing. But she could have her own movie. Is the point? Yeah, she could. And Kevin is all cool with that. <laughs> I just think that's that's nice. As we, as we've said, as far as like people who will take the gamble, Kevin's got a license to print money at this point. Yeah. So that's he true. he can afford the heat check of like let's just 
this is a term I've lifted from uh, another sports podcast, but it applies here. Uh, the heat check is when, like, in basketball, you get more and more audacious. Right. Because, like, you're you're on fire, <laughs> as per the NBA Jam days. Yeah. So you just start, let me try this half-court shot. I'm, I'm doing... You just believe that you can do anything. Yeah. So you just try something you normally wouldn't do. Yeah. Because you think you're unstoppable. Kevin Feige, like... Putting it out there for like the female Captain America, that's well, it. That's a heat no, check. That's a heat check. Move. No, he he didn't say that. I'm saying that <laughs> he just it, said it would be a hell of a heat check if Marvel was like decided he, to go that route. All he said was that Steve Rogers Captain America doesn't necessarily need to be the star of the Captain America movies. <laughs> I'm sure Chris Evans uh, two stepped around his living room <laughs> when he heard that. <laughs> possibly i'm sure i'm sure chris evans is at that point where he he enjoys the people but if he has to have one more throwdown in an atlanta office park <laughs> um i just think it's a good opportunity for other actors to step into that into that role here's hoping and here's hoping you know that movie fans who have lived with these characters for like you know how long 10 10 years oh, maybe god uh, no, maybe like eight years, but definitely Still. not as long as 75 years uh, will have less attachment to these sorts of changes. Fingers crossed. Fingers and crossed. And if Captain America or Thor does end up a black man or a woman or anything else, eh, maybe they'll... Beta Ray Bill? Maybe they'll... Ch- I will fucking... Where is Beta Ray Bill? Has he not shown up yet? He has not movies? shown up yet. He'll be in the next one. Fingers crossed. They'll put him in there. From everything I've heard about that movie, <laughs> from the logo to the director to the <laughs> to the few details that have leaked out from convention panels if he's going to show up it'll be in that one um shouts to beta ray bill yeah it's amazing we need more beta ray bill <laughs> whether it's a black man or a woman or beta ray bill hopefully the movie fans are a little more you know forgiving and we'll try that the new trend that's rocking fall 2016 which is shutting the fuck up yeah that's right Shutting the fuck up. It's what's for dinner. We, could, we should do a... a <laughs> Start making ad, ads, ads, making for, ads for shutting the fuck up. Um, and I've got some other news as well. What do you got? Uh, Star Trek Discovery. Oh, it's been a while. I know. I thought I got a... I'm Whew. glad something showed up. Ooh, friends, I've got the vapors. I, just, <laughs> <laughs> I, t- I, was, I actually thought maybe there was like maybe a month would go by without Star Trek. News. Well, there's there a, a couple different pieces of news. There's something sad, but then there's something okay, <laughs> though it might be... It, it, I'm a little concerned. <laughs> it might also be sad. The first thing is that Brian Fuller will be stepping away from the showrunner role. Really? Yeah. He's a little bit busy. He is. Now he's staying on as an executive producer and he has done the first two episodes like written and sort of got those together. So uh, he's given them a good, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, framework to work with. The second thing, oh, and sorry, the showrunner will be Akiva Goldsman, who's uh, recently uh, worked on Dark Tower. And uh, he's a yeah, he's a producer primarily. I yeah, think. yeah. So hopefully that's good news. Um, the second thing is that there's some l- a little bit more casting news. Oh, okay. Uh, we know that there's a female lead. Yes. Um, there is going to be an openly gay male character. What? Yes, which is awesome. And now, um, there's a Klingon captain. Now, the captain cannot be part of the Federation. Because we all know that Worf was the first Klingon to ever 
be I'm not Federation, sorry. Uh oh oh it's coming. The thing Starfleet. Starfleet. That's it. He's the first member first Klingon member of Starfleet. That was you like it when I push you? <laughs> Uh, that was you're about to parse some historical details and i was about to make snoring noises into my microphone carry Uh, on that was worth anyway so they think it might be uh, might be a um antagonist to the to the series Mm -hmm. Uh, be this klingon klingon captain which would be very interesting and uh jordan's looking at his phone because he's bored at what i'm talking about but you know what the fans care um, however, there are, there's no other mention. There's a couple other characters as well. There's a British doctor and stuff. Um, there are no other mentions of any other female characters. So I'm hoping it's not a Rogue One situation where literally every other character is a man. One with a female lady lead. and a crew of dudes. <laughs> yeah, it could be a sitcom. I'm hoping there are many more ladies because otherwise um, you kind of take away from the female lead if you don't cast anybody else who that has a vagina. That just makes her that more... That much more exceptional, Caitlin. Uh, please don't. Her vagina was so powerful, it just <laughs> raised her to the upper echelons of please, Starfleet please don't. military hierarchy. Please, please stop. <laughs> please stop. Anyways, so that's my Star Trek Discovery news. That's your Star Trek news. I have a weird story okay. that I came across before you came here. It's just interesting. It's not really going to affect our daily lives, and maybe not the listeners, but it's just something you don't really think about. All right. And that is that SAG, the Screen Actors Guild, yeah. and the affiliated American Federation of Television and Radio Artists, this is the union that represents voice actors as well. Very important. Voice actors, in this day and age, more than ever before, do video games. Yes, they do. The last contract that was ever made for voice actors between like the union and the video gaming industry... Yeah. It was made in 1994. 1994? Yeah. There has not been an update to those terms. In over 20 years. Since then. So the union is like, strike? Yeah. New terms or strike? Um, and they're going to be striking. The first picket is on October 24th. And what are some of the issues they have? There is no secondary compensation in the video gaming industry. Wait, you go in, you... Mean? residuals oh you go in you get your flat rate for whatever you do right i believe it's i think i read it was 800 dollars per day still hey i like to get 800 dollars a day for doing something yeah but if you do a voice on like grand theft auto 5 or call of duty mm-hmm. and the game sells like 8 million copies like these things make more money than movies now and a lot of the reason they make a lot of money can be from the amazing voice acting. The voice acting that invests a player in the story. Femshep. They play... Femshep made... Jennifer Hale, not getting no residuals. Jennifer Hale needs to get residuals. Jennifer Hale got her flat rate for Femshep. Oh, this is ridiculous. I apologize. Don't sue me. I don't know the ins and outs of your your contract. I'm sure you were paid very fairly. But according to uh, this article... On Cartoon Brew, these these are the issues that the union is bringing to the video gaming industry. Uh, as well, they would like more transparency because apparently, as an actor, you can go in, and whether this has to do with like non-disclosure or like you don't want to any leaks getting out, actors can go in knowing nothing about their character or even what game they're working on. That seems a little ridiculous. <laughs> 
you are this person. Like maybe the most you'll get is like genetic makeup, you know, like you're a white male aged around here. Do they like put a bag over their head when they put, <laughs> drive them to the, the office? Burlap sack, <laughs> get dropped <laughs> off in an industrial park. Um, yeah, and the, the biggest thing is that these contracts have not been updated since 1994. <laughs> like, that's, that's crazy. When like, a there wasn't nearly that much voice acting. No, back then, like fuck 94. You're talking nerds will scream Jon Snow will come from my head I don't know when like the he doesn't know I don't anything. know when like the Sega CD or I'm like so sorry John or like the first PlayStation drop but like when you started getting voice acting in games I guess PC as well maybe but A the games were not selling like they are now right like Grand Theft Auto 5 Call of Duty on their day one make more money than like the opening weekend of Maybe not Star Wars, but it's fucking close. And like, they, they didn't have the same... Um, oh, what do they call it when they do like a mini movie in between things? Scenes? Cutscenes. Cutscenes. They didn't do cutscenes. And now cutscenes are all the rage. It's not even just cutscenes. It's like there's ambient talking. You look at something like Grand Theft Auto 4. You can like, as you're driving, you can call somebody, pick them up, and as you're driving, and go hang out. You know, go to go to a bar or something. Yeah. So there's the conversation when it's, you call them. still not as good as Saints Row, though. Just gonna put that out there. Trust me on this. It's hot dogs and Polish sausage. Who does not love hot dogs? Anyways, continue. <laughs> Enjoy your wrongness. <laughs> I will wrap myself up in it. <laughs> Cozy blanket of wrong. <laughs> but, you know, in that scenario, your character calls the friend, picks, and that's one conversation, picks them up. These are not cut scenes. These are just like ambient talking. You, yeah. you could talk about one of like, you'll hear a different conversation every time you pick them up. Yeah. And drive them back. These are all things that add to the immersive experience of the game. And a lot of that has to do with these actors who make these characters believable and engaging. And gone are the days of rapidly tapping the X button to get through that text scrawl. Even though, you know, some of the text was really good. (laughs) Soup's immersive on (laughs) FF7. Um, I remember this first came up with uh, Ray Liotta. I remember hearing two things. One, I remember Ray Liotta, who was the voice of Tommy Versetti on Vice City. Right. Back in the old PS2 days. Basically, A, admitting his ignorance to the industry. Somebody mm-hmm. interviewed him about something, and I still remember this. He was basically like, if I knew how much it was going to sell, I would ask for more money. Yeah. <laughs> like, Ray Liotta don't care. Yeah. He he made that comment, and then you would notice that uh, there were no like real A-list movie stars in any GTA games yeah. to follow. Rockstar made it to be like, it's too hard to engage with the character if all you're hearing is this famous voice. But, however, there is one actor who should be in everything, ever, both physically and just his voice. Owen Wilson. No, not Owen Wilson. <laughs> He's delightful. Keith David is amazing. Not just delightful. That man is a is a god. Oh, Goliath. Goliath. <laughs> other thing (laughs) something from mass effect hi i'm keith david you remember you may remember me from gargoyles and other thing Uh, he's amazing he should he honestly keeps on showing up and stuff and i get excited every time i hear his voice he makes me happy so he should be the one who's in everything including your posse if memory serves or at least his voice just his voice narrating do you want to know who else is in my posse friends i know you were worried it's I'm Ildred sure you were sad. Elva 
time. Just a really quick piece of news. Idris Watch, it's time for Idris Watch. He's black and handsome and such good actor. It's Idris Watch. Um, he won his uh his professional kickboxing debut. Remember all that thing? <laughs> Remember that thing I was all about? You working at professional kickboxing. Yeah, you. How could you forget? I was talking all about those workout photos that. Caitlin, appeared. I don't want to alarm you. Yeah. I might zone out a tad. <laughs> Just a tad. during interest. Watch. Is it? Is it the same look I have when you talk about perfume for a while? Yes. And my eyes kind of glaze pretty over. Pretty identical. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, that was all my news. Just that. He, good job, Idris Elba. Good job. You should also sure be the new was, James Bond. I'm sure he was acting his ass off shirtless in his little baggy shorts. <laughs> I didn't watch it. Kicking a dude in the face. But he apparently was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Good job. All right. There we go. That's all <laughs> I wanted to say. I'm sure. I'm sure Idris succeeding at something else keeps them draws powder dry. It's not appealing. Not appealing at all. No. He's a great actor and apparently he's a pretty good kickboxer. <laughs> and apparently he's also a very nice guy. What is my life? <laughs> well, we'll find out about that when we come back. <laughs> and we talk about the things we each brought each other. You are listening to the Geek Down Podcast, and we will be back after this short break. everyone and welcome back to the show. This is the portion of the show when Jordan and I sit down and talk about the things we brought each other. This week we're changing things up slightly. I think last week my thing went first. Well this week my thing is going to go first again because it is just so darn good. <laughs> um, and also because uh, Jordan I'm sure wants to laugh at it and ask me why I brought it to him. You look like you were going to say something. I, I, I'm not going to tip my hand. Okay. All right. Um, but before we get into it, we have some rules. We do. The first rule being the rule of three. The rule of three. If it is a television show, comic series, manga series, podcast, radio play, anything that runs in serialized parts, you have to give it three of said serialized parts. Just so you can get a feel for how the thing develops usually the first of one of these um can be a little bit what's the word rough a little bit rough so you want pacing can be off it's a lot of setup yeah situate yourself in the world just give the thing a chance to be the thing yes and uh and this week for both of us i think it might have been a good thing jordan might not agree I think it's a good thing, though. Um, the second rule is uh, hashtag save it for the pod, which is just the idea that Jordan and I will not talk about the things we brought each other until we're sitting down right now. Don't talk about the thing. Yes, that's, that's very important. And the third rule, which isn't really a rule, there will be spoilers. There going to be. Um, quite a few. And they are not necessarily that important but if you're the type of person who doesn't want to know anything about a thing you should take off yeah i don't think the things we are talking about this week even if you know what happens in them will diminish your enjoyment of them but as kate said 
If you have a zero tolerance policy on spoilers, yeah, bye. See ya. And away we go. So this week I gave Jordan because, you know, Halloween, vampires. I gave Jordan this super awesome show called Moonlight. Yeah, I was totally into at, in around 2008. 2007, 2008. That Jordan never heard of in his life. <laughs> well, what I find really interesting about this show is it took place before there was sort of this like vampire movie book explosion, television show explosion. Like the CW is all about vampire diaries. Um, and this took place just before that. It was on like the cusp just before this whole sort of explosion happened. And it could have been because of my lack of Buffy in the last couple of years <laughs> or the fact that I love vampires, but I really enjoyed watching the show. It was super, super cheesy. Um, it was, it's, it is a paranormal romance. It's got some elements of like the main character is a, is a private eye. So it's got some like mystery and and crime solving in it. Um, and it, however, only aired for one season, which was September 28th, 2007 to May 16th, 2008. And because of with more strike talk, because of the uh, Writers Guild of America strike from 2007 to 2008, it really suffered for that. And I don't even think they ended up airing all the episodes initially um, and sort of split it up. And they tried to get the momentum going again for the show and that didn't work, so we only have this one season of it. Um, and also, it's kind of ridiculous, which I love, and it's got a whole bunch of different elements in it, and it centers around this vampire who is now a private eye. He's been a vampire for about 50 years. It's played by Alex O'Laughlin, which if you saw him, you'd know who he was. But I don't think me saying his name is going to trigger anything. Did you know him? No. Oh, okay. Never mind. Some of you will know. <laughs> I saw him. I did not know who he was. If you see him, some of you will be like, oh, that guy. Basically, it, it it's about him and, and this girl played by Sophia Miles, who again, you'll be like, if you saw her, you'll be like, oh yeah, her. She was in some other vampire movie. I can't remember which one. And she plays this girl that he protected at one point and is looking over watching over her and now she's all grown up and they ended up end up falling in love and that's, that's mm. all kinds of problems yeah it's a little weird anyways so jordan <laughs> tell us what you thought about it you're really big on smacking me today <laughs> i don't know i think it's i think it's the headache um i need to make sure you're still there i'm never going to watch another single frame of this show <laughs> okay but i didn't hate it to my amazement. Oh my god, what? Yeah, I didn't hate it. I was expecting you to be like, I want to set everything on fire. I no, hate you so much. I didn't hate this, to my amazement. Yeah. It does suffer from one major unfortunate problem. Which is? True Blood. What, well, that... If you have seen True Blood, this show feels so derivative. Oh, well, yeah. And, but True, True Blood came out after, right? Like... By a matter of months, perhaps. Yeah. They both came out in 2008. Well, no, this came out in 2007. Did it? Yes. It it started in 2007. Summer 2008 is when True Blood premiered. Yeah. Um, And that first season of True Blood is... Fantastic. Effing great. Yeah. Where it does a lot with the satire. It's much more satirical than the nonsense oh. that came later. It's because it's based much more on the books. That's why. Mm -hmm. 
there were things about this that I liked. I liked anytime any like classic supernatural horror creature that's, you know, in the collective unconscious is tweaked. I like seeing how people put their little tweaks. He only did this in the pilot. Was it Mick? Is that his name? Yes, that's right. Our, our lead vampire. He only did this in the pilot, but he like shot blood like it was an insulin shot mm-hmm. instead of like, you know, he went to like his, his connect yeah. at the morgue for like some, you know, blood packs because he's, he doesn't hunt unless you're bad. Yeah. You but if that. he's got a feed, he just, you know, gets, gets it from the blood bank. And I thought it was going to be like juice box, but no, he like. Gives it like an insulin shot. I was Sorry, like, I'm go- I got. I'm actually literally writing that down. Blood juice box is the greatest thing I've ever heard <laughs> on the board. Um, my notes are basically just like <laughs> they're my yeah buts. Yeah, but um, what else? It's not the clunkiest pilot I've ever seen. It's close. Yeah, there's it's a not moment a great pilot. <laughs> again. Like I said, I didn't hate it, but I'm now struggling to remember anything that happened in it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> What the hell was the case in the first episode? <laughs> um, what was he trying to solve? A murder. There's a murder that they're trying to solve. Right, with the teacher and the the student. There was a student who was killed. Yeah. And they suspect it's this dude who's like teaching the worst class in the world about vampirism, but he's <laughs> not really... I don't know if this is supposed to be like a sociology course or an anthropology course. It's basically just him sitting one leg up on a desk opining about... The beauty of vampiric energy, whatever the hell, and, and all the goth kids in, in, the, in, in the class are just enthralled. And it's like, what, this is the worst class. Who audits this? Who wants in this? Um, hey, if they sell the class to the students, because colleges are, are corporations I guess they're now. just businesses, right? And the little, the little fucks want to pay for it. Oh, that fatigue is setting in, friends. It's going to get better the longer we go. Um but Mick is like, the, so this teacher's a suspect in the murder, and Mick goes to talk to the dude's wife. Yeah. Thank God she was in the mood to just give up everything about this guy <laughs> with zero resistance. <laughs> oh, you want to know about my husband? Yeah, he fucks students and does this and thinks he's a vampire sometimes. And yeah, go with that, private eye I just hey, met. Maybe she had a chip on her shoulder. Maybe she did. Maybe he used his vampire pow- powers on her. I can't remember. Here's, yeah, here's my note about the class. What are midterms like for this class? Uh, well, what, mi- what are they tested on? Uh, obviously, they're one of those Scantrons se- tests. How sexy am I on a scale, on a scale of <laughs> one to five? Uh, and then I have yeah, Evanescence in all caps. Oh, I forgot. Because my immortal plays <gasps> at the end. That's amazing. <laughs> Fucking my immortal plays at the end of it when he saves Blonde buzzwire reporter isn't that great buzzwire needs a new front-end developer like it's real (laughs) this show is set at that point where like it's old enough that they have thing they have technological things we have now but they are like all the janky windows 95 versions of them yeah kind of so like the web design of buzzwire (laughs) is the most garish disgusting thing i've ever seen in my life at one point he's got like a gps on a flip phone like which i'm sure is a thing that could have happened but it seems a little off to me so that stuff was like weird, but fine. Um, there was definitely an upward track. I really kind of dug episode three, or the idea of episode three. Which you're honestly going to have to remind me because I haven't. I haven't watched it. It is a lot. when this vampire who's like a dotty, like 
professor right. or something. He gets run down in the road by this guy who's a doctor and he ends up turning him but doesn't know he turned him. Yep. I remember this now. Um and goes about his business and now there's a, like a young feral vampire with like no direction and they explain, you know, what the siring process is like and the rules and codes of that and how this, you know, doctor has just, you know, gone completely off the deep end and he really loves killing people and and all that. But so you have a good plot. I'm here for the plot. I'm not here for the like, you know, ethical conversation between Buzzwire reporter between Blondie and the vampire <laughs> about like whether or not they should just kill this dude. I'm a little concerned with the security measures at this hospital they have a fight in because he's just walking around with this dude on a slab with a stake in his heart in civilian clothing. You're clearly not a doctor. And he just waltzes into the biological incinerator. I don't know what to say. It was the late aughts. Big, big case of the yeah, but <laughs> in, that, in that episode. It's like, oh, you had something that was mildly interesting, and now you're just you're just shuffling. It's heat checking again. It's like, how much of this bullshit can we pull off <laughs> before he stops watching this? Um, did you like uh, Jason Doring at all? Who that? Uh, he plays his older, wiser friend, vampire friend. Oh, I thought he was irritating. Oh, what? That's ridiculous. Yeah. He's fantastic. Does he do more stuff later on, or does he just show up to be like bad comic relief? Or about the guy who's like, "I love being a vampire. It's the coolest thing. It is the coolest thing. I'm gonna suck blood from this model." And he was excellent in that. He's not like Eric. Like he's going for an Eric. See, it's the True Blood problem. He's going for an Eric vibe, dude. You are not Skarsgård. No, no one is Skarsgård. You are like a, you are like a, you are like a wispy little. I don't think he's Sandy going for a I think he's, he's just... going for the super cool, like I'm rich and I have no apologies have about being a vampire. Thing, That's it. We should have a talk about, we should have vampire talk with Jordan Kate. I just felt like he was supposed to be like playing the Sarsgaard role and he could not pull that off. Anyways. Even I know Sarsgaard I, I think is maybe you, upper echelon. I think the problem is you may have watched True Blood before you watch this. And, that... and friends, that'll be that'll be your problem, too. Like, it's a fun little trifle of trash. Like, I'm not... See, I watched this when I guess it just started coming out, and I thought it was great. Like, it was, it was not terrible. It was doing some interesting things. Pulpy without cheesy too much. Right. Dodge those lines enough bruh she was like seven when you met her yeah that that was always weird that's it's weird. that's i can't i can't co-sign that yeah it was weird your your love story is not something i can that's a that's a bad hang for me i can't it's very strange yeah yeah but yeah, to my amazement i didn't mind when it was on all right it was it's a friday night tv show you neglected to say what night it aired <laughs> it's on its one season i think i'm pretty sure i downloaded it friday nights because i was in school at that time so the, the time slot made famous by walker texas ranger <laughs> if it's a friday night show but of friday night shows i have seen it's a good friday night show it's pretty good for a friday night show yeah um but i can't like you know heartily endorse like you run out and you have to see it like it's cool you can't find it on anything really you no. gotta you gotta get you gotta get creative if this sounds like something appealing that you want to check out friends if you're trying to go down the list of all the vampire shows ever just <laughs> let me know uh, i'll try to hook you up if you're ticking those off i think it is on dvd not that that's how caitlin and i watched it but <laughs> i'm not saying anything we don't we don't support support the industry uh 
Okay, well, what about your score? I gave it like a 6.5. Well, that's pretty good. I mean, from what I thought, I thought you were going to give it like a 2, so... No. <laughs> so I, I... No, that's... A seven seems a little much. I don't feel good about giving it a seven. I, but I didn't hate it enough to like outright fail it. Like, remember how we talked last week about how we respected that kids in the kids on the slope was like he confessed his love by like episode three. Yeah, I appreciate that by episode two, it was like, oh, Blondie, don't look at me, I'm a vampire. Yeah, they <laughs> figure, didn't. They didn't. Fear we're going to be stretching on. that game of uh, you know cat and mouse out for another five episodes. That's good. Got that out of the way right quick. It's it's a fun little, I. Like I said about the tech, I just appreciated it for like the time capsule it is to that weird moment in time and entertainment where like the things we take for granted because we all have supercomputers in our pockets now, like we weren't quite there yet. Yeah. In 07. Yeah, not not quite. We were getting there. But not quite there. Motorola Razor was killing it, but <laughs> we weren't quite there yet. You know, we're going to look back in 10 years and be like, isn't it weird that people just didn't have watch phones? <laughs> isn't it weird that people were carrying actual devices in their hands? Instead of having them implanted in their head? Into their brain stems? So weird. <laughs> All right. Moving along. Moving along. The reason we made you sit through that conversation is because if you're listening to this episode and you're not a fan of, you're not an all-time Jordan and Kate head, yeah. want to listen to everything we have to say, this is the conversation you probably care about more. Because this is the toast of the fall 2016 season. Pretty much everybody loves this show. We're going to find out if Kate loves this show. Mm -hmm. I love this show. We were just waiting for it to get to a point where it was worth handing to Kate, where they'd banked enough episodes, because I kind of loved it from the jump. It is Atlanta. This is the show starring, written in large part, and created by Donald Glover, who is on the Geek Down Hall of Fame wall, probably. Probably. It's probably he's a, he's a charter member. He's in the charter class at least. Yeah. If he wanted to come visit us, <laughs> we would definitely have him here. You know, Facebook memories inform me it was like three years to the day yesterday when he held like a random listening party for his last album in Trinity oh, yeah. Bellwoods. I saw that. I saw that. And like my phone blew up and it's like, Hey Donald Glover's gonna be at Trinity Bellwoods this afternoon and I was like, Oh fine and I like dragged my ass down and there. Now you're glad that you did. I am glad that I did. So I can tell you about the plot of Atlanta, or basically what the setup is. I've mentioned it before in, er in earlier episodes of the podcast when I first started watching it, but Glover pays Earn Marks, Ernest or Earn Marks, who has returned home from after failing out from an Ivy League college, possibly Yale, I don't remember. Um, he has returned home. He is living with his baby mama. They have a very weird relationship. It's very strange. They kind of are very domestic, but not together. He's... <laughs> As he says, quote, technically n not homeless. He says... <laughs> technically homeless. He, he's sleeping in a bed, but he's technically homeless. And he works selling credit cards at the airport on commission very poorly. Yes, he not, does a very bad job. Not really that. doing very well at it. And while he's, you know, bullshitting and DFing with his coworker, he finds out that his cousin Alfred is surging in popularity as a mixtape rapper in the Atlanta mixtape scene yeah. called Paperboy. And Earn sees this as an opportunity to do something with his life. So he goes to see Alfred, Al, to offer his services as his manager. And the first episode ends with an altercation, a shooting. We don't really know what the aftermath of that was. There were some charges. They went to jail. Basically, the first three episodes deal with the aftermath of that 
And then here's the thing about Atlanta. It does whatever the fuck it wants. I gave you the first three episodes. Maybe that's all you got to. I don't know if you went any further than that. I only got to the first three. First After the first three, that show just does whatever the hell it wants. One episode, just about Van. Huh. Earns, uh, earns baby mama. Yeah. Just about her. And going for dinner with one of her friends. One episode is an entire parody complete with commercials of Alfred on like the Black American Network. On like a Tavis Smiley, Don Lemon style like panel show about misogyny and violence and rap lyrics. Right. The acting is phenomenal, I think. I think the dude who plays Paperboy or Alfred. Yes. I've heard him on podcasts. He 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 prefers for Paperboy to be referred to by his government name. He is played by an actor named Brian Tyree Henry, who's on a show called Vice Principals, and my Broadway heads will know as the original General Buttfucking Naked from the Book of Mormon. His he has this expression that can probably best be described as the like can you believe this shit yeah or like the ain't this some shit face yeah he just he cracks me up every time he does it and as well the show often features a character i've mentioned when talking about the show before of darius who is alfred's bff partner in drug dealing stoner colleague i love him so much (laughs) played by keith stanfield who kicks in the door and steals every scene he's in anyway i have gone on the record frequently about what i thought of the show caitlin was chomping at the bit to finally get the official go-ahead to check this show out caitlin yeah how did you like atlanta um i really liked atlanta it is not what i was expecting i don't think it was what anyone was expecting to be honest i just there were some scenes that were really heavy and it did a really good job. Immediately preceded and followed by some of the funniest shit you've seen in well, your like, life. Well, like, for instance, the uh, the second episode where they're in the jail. I know exactly what scene you're going to talk about. And there's this this guy, and they talk about how he's in there every week, and um, Donald Glover's character is like, what do you mean he's in here every week? This guy obviously has is insane. He has mental health issues, yeah. And at one point, like, they wa- they, like... Everyone, including the cops, watch him take water from the toilet and drink it and don't try and stop him at all or anything. Yeah, they're just laughing. And then they he spits the water out at an officer, not in a harmful way, just in like he has no idea what's going on way. Mm. And they and they just there's a scene where one of the cops just whips out his baton and your stomach just And they beat drops, the shit out of him and restrain him. And, and it's the screaming. He is mm. just screaming. And I was like, oh, I, I was not expecting. I knew it wasn't going to be always ha-ha funny. I didn't realize it was going to get so dark sometimes. Mm. But they, or even poignant. It's not just dark. It's poignant. There is a scene where, sorry, I'm thinking about a follow-up scene that's making me laugh. But basically there is a scene where... Um, paper boy Albert go Alfred, Alfred. sorry, um, goes out um, just for a walk because things are kind of getting weird for him. And he goes out and he sees these kids playing. One of them has a gun, and he's shooting the other kids, pretending with this with this fake gun. It's just it looks like it's a space gun actually, yeah, like, it looks a, like laser. a ray gun. Yeah. Um, and he goes, "I'm shooting you all like paper boy," and so. Al is like, this kind of, no, that's not what I wanted. This is weird. So he goes up to them 
and there's the a, a mom there who's already told him to stop and not to play with the guns. And at first, she he comes up and he sort of says, "Yeah, you you shouldn't be." Playing with guns, it's not good. Violence isn't good. And she's like, who the hell are you? And sh- he explains who he is. He's like, oh, I'm Paper Y. I'm the, the rapper your kid was talking about. And she does this like weird 180. Pivot, yeah. Where it went from like, who the hell are you? And being protective and real to this like, oh, you're a rapper. And even that scene, him, him viewing what had happened to someone with that little b- bit of fame thrown in. Mm. You can tell it really freaks him out. And as a viewer, you can see how uncomfortable he is with that. And and to sort of counterbalance that, you have him coming home. And uh, sorry, what's his friend's name again? I always, Darius. Darius. There's this scene, I think you talked about it, where the guy knocks on the door and Darius opens it. The he's guy's got like, a fucking Batman mask. Yeah, on. he's got a Batman mask on, which is weird. He lifts the Batman mask and goes, does Paperboy live here? And Darius is like, yes. And he goes, okay, puts the mask on and runs away. And Darius just goes, dude, you are getting way too hot. Like, this is, I don't know what's going on anymore. Um, So all of that, like, there was all these counterbalances. And there were moments that were funny, but also sad. It was just... There's... The only comparison I've heard that is maybe accurate, and I can't speak to this because I haven't seen a lot of this show, is Louie. Yeah. The Louis C.K. show, where it's like some episodes of Louie are like just straight drama. Some episodes are laugh out loud, fall off your chair funny. Like, yeah. I told you the plot. Plot. Yeah. Yes. There's been no progression to that. The show's not about, is Paperboy going to be successful as a rapper? Like, yeah. that's not... You get hints that he's doing all right. He's still popular. He gets, you know, Earn gets him a booking to, like, sit in a VIP section at a club in one episode, like that sort of thing. This bottle episode set in a nightclub. Yeah. The infamous episode four, I think, which is the charity basketball game he gets him into with the black Justin Bieber. I have not... I've, like I said, I only got to do episode three. Everyone in life, I'm not even going to say you need to see the first three episodes because you can just jump right in. Watch episode four of Atlanta. Because I had, I've mentioned it on previous episodes where I had to like double take. So I was like, is it what they say, Dustin Bieber? Or right. like, is this a parody? No. In the reality of this show, Justin Bieber's a black kid. If there's any sort of ongoing thread, like, even though he's not in every episode, Alfred is the soul of the show. Like, right. And it's about, I don't know if, I guess, from my take, if you could see like a thesis to the show in the charity basketball episode he's trying to like kind of mack on this tv reporter yeah he's like oh you should you should interview me you know i'm paper boy i'm you know whatever and i just really want you to like you know i want to let people know the real me type of thing you know but he's really trying to hit on her yeah and there's a moment where like i'm not gonna say how he gets it across but we're like black black people (laughs) i can't believe that's a statement i'm (laughs) saying where justin bieber air quotes is like apologizing for his actions during the episode and the crowd's just like eating it up and he's like and now i'd like to debut my new single <laughs> right at his press his apology press conference and while he's doing that alfred's still kind of trying to like nudge this reporter and she turns to him and she says something to the extent of like you know word of advice people don't want you to be the nice guy yeah people want you to be the asshole so just be the asshole play your part they want him to be the nice guy you know they want to root for him you're just the asshole so just be the asshole 
And Alf's like, puts on his like, this some shit face. <laughs> that, that classic face he does throughout the episode. It's weird to even, like, I've seen every episode that's aired thus far. I think there's going to be ten. They've aired nine so right. far. It's amazing because you, every time I sit down to watch it, I don't know what it's going to be. Well, and then... And I don't want to talk to you too much about what's coming because I don't want you to know what it's going to be. I mean, some of... Some of the stuff that, I mean, was really, like, raw when Ern, that's what he, his nickname, right? They I think his name is Ernest. Yeah. Yeah. He goes by Ern. Um, when he's talking about, he just feels like some people are meant to lose. Oh, my God. And I just, I, like, ow. Straight into ow, your heart. You know, and how he just can't seem to win. I don't know if I can deal with much more of that. Like, that's, it just. That's tough. You and me both, kid. That talk gets cuts a little too close. Yeah. It's like, are some people just born to lose to make the winners feel, feel better? Feel better or be is better. Is that just our role? And, I mean, what's nice is some of the things that happen in that specific episode. Um, Ern sort of pushes back at the world. It's the first episode, actually. Mm. Um, and Ern sort of pushes back at the world. And that's really cool. Um, and then on the third episode, there's like a speech he gives to his baby mama hmm. um van and it's all about like i know i have a daughter but like i things are good are gonna happen i just need to do it my way and all of that and then van comes out and she's like that is some bullshit that is bullshit and i like that she called him out on that ridiculous speech because you're listening to it go this is you could see how this could be sentimental and poignant and if it was in like great gray's anatomy it mm. would win the person over but this is not gray's anatomy this is a different type you of got show twenty dollars in your account yeah. and you still got a daughter to feed type of thing yeah and you're trying to talk about how like working as a security guard will like lose your soul yeah <laughs> sort of thing that yeah that episode i wrote about atlanta for a website and that episode that was my too real too raw moment yeah because this show does things with poverty yeah. that, like, most shows don't. Normally, when poor people are on television, it's, like, the ghetto. It's, like, the yeah. projects. It's, like, look at us persevering in our abject poverty. Yeah. You know, it's, like, good times for a real dated reference. But, like, that's usually the vibe we're dealing in. It's not the poverty of my bills get paid, my rent gets paid, I can eat. But not that well. Yeah. I don't have, you know, my phone's got a cracked screen I can't afford to get fixed. Sort of shit. It's that poverty. Yeah. Which is what a lot more of us, I said us, because I'm in it too. Yeah, oh yeah. Are in. And that whole, in that episode, he's waiting for his you know direct deposit from his job. He ends up getting like $96 because he's terrible at his job. Yeah. Starts, he tries to go and get a kid's meal and, like, gets in a fight with the day manager because she won't sell a kid's meal, and, not to a kid. And then asks for a cup for water, but doesn't get water, gets no. Coke instead. And No. And it should be said, if you know Donald Glover from Community and you loved him on that and his stand-up, like, his comedic timing is fantastic. still what it always was. And But it's don't think it's going to be, like... Donald Glover from Community because... Yeah, I don't think it's Troy Barnes. It, it's not. It's much more serious than that. But he still is an, a fantastic but actor. It's, it's that moment where she's trying to tell him about, like, you have to be a kid to order a kid's meal. And just yeah. the timing of the way he goes, that's not true. Yeah. <laughs> it just kills me. But there's... 
he wants to like show he's responsible to Van. Yeah. And like wants to take her out to this nice dinner. He's trying to play it both ways. He's calling his homie, trying to get a lead on some cheap places. And his homie tells him about this place with like a happy hour menu. Yeah. And they go there. They don't it's have. It's under new management. Yeah. The happy hour menu is not there anymore. And the waitress just keeps upselling and Van is totally oblivious. And she's like, yeah, sure. Market price seafood. Sure. I'll get a cocktail. Sure. I'll get this. Oh, I can't drink alone. You have to get a drink too. And he's trying. Yeah. To keep the price down yeah. on this. And it's that moment where Van goes to the bathroom and the waitress, the peppy white waitress comes over like, it's like, oh, should I bring a dessert menu? And he's like, nope. Just, you are killing just me Just the bill. Tonight. And she's like, oh, maybe I'll go, maybe I'll go and just bring something. Over. He's like, could you stop upselling on me? Yeah. You're killing me. Yeah. You're fucking killing me tonight. Dog. I know that feel. Yeah. And it's a problem that sure could be easily solved if he just, you know, honestly spoke to van about his financials but again but he, he doesn't want to do that because he's just losing again and again and it's again another, and... it's another loss but just yeah as someone who to come full circle to the earlier portion of this podcast you know you try to date in this city while you're living on your own in this city just trying to keep it afloat i ain't got to spare 150 bucks to go to some Nice restaurant and that is ridiculous. Do whatever. Well, they 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 ain't all out here like you, Kate McKinnon. I'm amazing. You are amazing. One of my first dates that I went on, we went to McDonald's. Oh my God, and I was so I happy. Kill for that. I think I asked for a toy. Nice. It was great. Did they give you one, even though you weren't a kid? I think they did. Well, that's the yeah, butt of Atlanta. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this show is things that have been said about this show. I know Glover said he wanted to make. Twin Peaks for rappers. Yeah. So that's why it gets mad surreal. Like the dude on the bus with the Nutella sandwich. Yeah. And the dog. Who shows up randomly. Oh, does later. he? You'll double take because you won't know for sure. And right. the way he shows up is the weirdest thing well, ever. But what was great. I'm sorry about that scene was that they leave the Nutella. So, you know, he was there. <laughs> he did, wasn't having a hallucination. No. And he also said he wanted to make a show about what it feels like to be black in all its nuance and subtleties, like the varying experiences of what it's like to be black in a city like Atlanta, which is a very black city. It has the largest black middle class. It's got most of your historic black college and universities are right. down and around that area as well. It's a very black area and there's a bunch of different black experiences. And that's what he was really is trying to do with the show and it's i think i've said before it's an all black writers room yeah. which is like rarely happened that's rarely happens yeah. if ever um the guy who directed most of the episodes is a guy named hiro mirai never he did like music videos yeah he did like gambino music videos and like a short film for him but like he never directed tv before so it's like it's all people who really don't know what they're doing yeah and end up making or, something amazing. you know haven't been given a chance so or haven't been indoctrinated with the rules so they just go in doing whatever and this is like you know might be the fx louis model which i've heard talked about other places where it's like if you can do it with this amount of money yeah go nuts so we got to build our content library we'll give you we'll put we'll put it on air just come in under budget and they and, make it happen and it's been a really interesting process they've come up with some really interesting ideas and some of those scenes are amazing 
just amazing. And even on the rewatch, I can't wait till they're all out because I'll binge them again. I will binge the entire series in one go. Yeah. To, on a rewatch. Because even just watching the first three episodes again for this recording, I picked up on so I was going to say, is it one of those things where you can pick up on way more things? And it's not even like, you know, like a narrative thread. Like we talk about Fleabag, you go back and you rewatch and you pick up on, you know, narrative subtleties. Like there's no real plot. It's just details that are thrown in there that you maybe didn't catch at the time. Yeah. I didn't even notice. So in the first, the scene opens or the first episode opens with how it ends. Yes. Um, which is basically Alfred getting into this confrontation with a guy who kicks his rearview mirror off of his car. Yep. Alfred disrespected this woman. This woman's boyfriend retaliates by kicking his side mirror off. Altercation in like a, you know, dairy freeze parking lot sort of thing. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But when they get out of the car and they start yipping at each other, Ernst trying to calm it down. There's a lot of people talking over each other. So the first time I watched it, I didn't hear off camera somebody go, world star. And Ern goes, don't do that to us. World Star Hip Hop is yeah. this site. It's like the TMZ for hip hop, but it takes all these like amateur videos. And if you want to see fights, people getting knocked out, right? Mostly the fights and people getting knocked out, um, as well as you know girls shaking their ass and stuff. You go to World Star, and when stuff's about to pop off, this became like a meme unto itself. Gambino's right. got a song called World Star, like. Because when things are getting tense, yeah. it's like the immediate accelerator because dudes are taking their phones out being like, oh, man, I'm going to post that and get all the views. Yeah. And it'll help if you you know, you get that co-branding because while you're filming these two dudes fighting or whatever, two girls fighting, you just start shouting out World Star. Right. And as it's getting more intense and they pull their guns, you hear off camera again, oh, this is definitely going on World Star. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, please don't do that. And I totally missed that extra layer that was going through the scene because you're just when you first watch it you're caught up in this kind of like visceral tension of like and the fact that oh my even God, what's like like urn has a gun like yeah. that why would caught me off guard because he seems like this nerdy kid who or nerdy man who wouldn't go around carrying a gun i don't even remember what the banter between the two cousins is but it's like alfred goes to pull out his gun and yeah <laughs> urn's like what are you what are you on and he pulls yeah. up his shirt and i was like mm, what do you want <laughs> um and added is a darius having one of his weird moments well, I was about, about like to bring up darius but that i like he's like this is major deja, deja vu where's the dog with the i can't even remember what he says, I don't know what he says either but he's and he's like he dog. looks and then he goes there it is and he's having like his trip and oh darius just can i measure your tree <laughs> and he gets so sad when they won't let him <laughs> can i measure your tree and Ernst's dad goes not right now and just immediately he's like not right now, now. basically mean no <laughs> like, you're a grown man what are you... no he's uh, he's amazing he, I... he does something to it he 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 also adds that dash of surrealism mm. but in a funny a funny way um yeah and i love that he's in it so I could talk about this show for days. I feel like I already have. What I think about the show is well documented. Caitlin McKinnon. Yes. It's weird to even think about giving a rating to this thing. Yeah. Show property. I've, I've got a rating. It's only a rating for the first three episodes, which mm -hmm. I don't even think are its strongest episodes um, from Probably what I've not, heard. No. Um, but it it's an eight. Solid. A solid eight. Um, I enjoyed some things. I wanted to sort of see where it went. I'm worried it's if it gets too depressing, I'll tune out because we all know I shut down when that happens. 
Okay. Um, okay, don't, okay, don't like it when things get real. Not too real. I go to television and movies to get the, the surreal dose I need. Um, so You'll get that. Yeah. So that that's that's great. I'm really excited about it. I am probably not going to get to it for a while. I got a couple really? I got a couple other things I got to watch. A couple other things you you want to move up the queue before this. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So I'm not that's part of the reason I get, I've given it an 8. I'm not like hungering for the fourth episode. I'm really interested in the fourth mm. episode and I think it's it's more artistic than I thought it was going to be, if that makes any sense. Mm. Um, no, that, that definitely makes sense, yeah, if you think you're going in for, like, a standard, you know, show about rappers. Yeah, which with, I didn't. With some with some LARFs, but no, it gets, yeah. it gets really weird and does yeah. not follow. Like I said, the plot, you know, I can tell you the plot. It doesn't, it wouldn't It's help. about Alfred being a rapper. It's not what it's about. It's not what it's, it's about. You never know what it's going to be about from one episode to the next. So, yeah. So, I'm excited, but I, I have some other things I need to watch. Cool. Yeah. Have, have you been watching them? What do you mean? Like, are there updates you would like to bring up? Oh, just one in particular. But okay. it ha- it's not a show update. Uh-oh. Like I said, busy work, a busy week working. All the work. All the work. Um, I went to go see Kubo and the Two Strings. Oh, how was that? That was fantastic. So, I hear. Except for the ending. <laughs> have an anime ending? I know it's not an anime no, film. But... No, it didn't have an anime ending. Um, it was an okay ending. I just thought it didn't, I didn't, it was, it didn't resolve as like, not that I, it was a fine resolution. Life is messy, Caitlin. It wasn't even messy. It was just sort of like, I don't know. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's how I felt about it. But the rest of the movie was amazing. And the thing, the Matthew McConaughey thing is that I was listening to the voice actors and I was sure one of them was George Clooney. Positive one was George Clooney. But it wasn't. It was Matthew McConaughey. So now I'm just going to close my eyes whenever I watch a Matthew McConaughey movie and see if I can hear the George Clooney <laughs> and vice versa. Yeah. That's that's all. Well, all right. And if you haven't seen it, you definitely should. I don't think it's in theaters anymore, but I'm sure it's going to appear either on Netflix or in something. Sooner than later, I would Sooner imagine. So keep your eyes open for it because it was really a fantastic movie. Um, Updates. Hey, remember when I talked about Black Mirror last week and I said the episodes I watched were kind of like yes. you know, peppy and optimistic? Uh-huh. Ooh, they righted that ship right, real quick. <laughs> So previously, uh. I mentioned I'd watched Nosedive and San Junipero, which were bittersweetly sad, mm-hmm. if not outright optimistic, in a way, or at least in a way that didn't make me feel I had to like you know sob with my head in my pillow. Uh. I have now seen Playtest, Shut Up and Dance, and I don't remember the name of it, but it's the military one. Oh yeah. Really glad they fixed that. Oh, yeah. They, cor- they course-corrected that in no time. Playtest is a total mind... Fuck. Yeah. If you can get over your... It has some yeah buts if you want to go down there. Yeah. But... Do you see what we did there? <laughs> <laughs> we weren't even planning to do it because one's got a migraine and one's fucking exhausted. Um... <laughs> You could definitely catch a case of the yeah butts on playtest, but I did not. I was just totally like roped into it. It's basically about super immersive survival horror games. Fun. Augmented reality survival horror games. So much fun. Yep. 
if you're an arachnophobe. Sorry. So Kaim will really be interested in this one. Loves the spiders. What if you could have a customized survival horror game that knew your fears? That is awful. It would just be me alone forever in a room. That'd be if I won. <laughs> People are so different. <laughs> um, I think I'd mentioned before I read that Shut Up and Dance, which is I mentioned at the top of the episode about the people getting hacked in blackmail type of thing yeah. is the most like national anthem and it is yes there's no there are no livestock involved but it plays with some really darker stuff because if you want something that people are willing to do anything to protect you got to go dark yes and the third one had to do with sort of the video gamifying of the military right and i thought it layered you first get the, like, oh, shit moment, mm-hmm. and then you realize the whys behind the oh, shit moment, and you go, oh, shit. So it's double awful. It's like, oh, shit. And then they start explaining why they've done this, and you go, oh, shit. Yeah. That's... So I have the longest one left. There's like a 90-minute episode on there. It's the, something to do with a journalist and a murder something. Kelly McDonald from Boardwalk Empire is in it. Uh, have not watched that or, one. Or, more importantly, Brave. <laughs> or Train Spotting. Um, she's in that one. So I got one episode left. Greatly been enjoying it as well. My regular viewing has been just, yeah, Atlanta. Yuri on Ice is still the gayest, most fabulous thing I've ever seen in my Does life. Does he finally come out? No. Oh. I just, there's, I was excited. There's a moment. Quick setup. So it's all, it's, it's super heavily implied it's not subtle um victor has choreographed a program for both russian yuri and japanese yuri yep and they have to this may have come up the last time i may have given the synopsis the last time i talked about the show um and they have to perform it yes and yeah you talked about this then victor will decide yeah who he's going to work with so they performed it and there's a moment where when Japanese Yuri finally goes to perform and has decided that instead of, you know, being the approaching it as like, I'm the playboy who's going to woo all the women. He's like, I'm going to be the most beautiful woman in town who breaks the playboy's heart type of thing. Yeah. And when Yuri gets out there and hits his first like pose, it's cut so fast. It's like Yuri looks up with his sexy face and then it cuts to Victor in profile just going. (laughs) Just like (laughs) that too. Those two scenes cut together were amazing. And yeah, we're just gearing up. And shouts, shouts to Mississauga. Mississauga. For getting a mention in Yuri on Ice. What? Why? As they're breaking down the competition. Yeah. It's like there will be all these cups. Yeah. And there will be this cup in China and this cup in Thailand. And it'll have like the flag and then like the city it's in. Yeah. And then as they go by the Canada Cup. Yeah. It says Mississauga. The Canada Cup and Yuri on Ice. I'm pretty sure there's a massive rank in Mississauga. Probably. Yeah. I'm sure they looked that up and that's what it was. Uh, and so, yeah, Yuri on Ice is still effing great. If you're not watching it, it's fantastic. Keijo is not any of those things. Because it's hot garbage. But I can't stop watching it. Oh, God. Because I gotta know. Every week I gotta know. Gotta know what? How trash is it gonna be? Can I can I save you some time? Hmm. Hot trash. The hottest. Uh, every week it's going to be hot trash. Do you want to know what the uh, what the turning point was 
in this episode. So the underclass were engaged. You in, didn't let me say no. I know because I knew that's what I was going to get for the listeners. Uh, quick, quick catch up. Keijo is the sports anime about uh, women who try to knock each other off of platforms into a pool of water Why with just their boobs and butts. This exists. Go back and find our bonus episode. You can hear Caitlin's delightful reaction to watching the first episode without knowing what she was about to get into. <sighs> So in this episode, all in episode four, all the underclassmen are uh, in a match with one member of the elite class mm-hmm. to see how they fare in the first match, which I mean, I'm not going to say it wasn't like well animated or like well paced as far as the back and forth when it gets down to our, our the judo girl, yeah. the white haired judo girl yeah. and some member of the elite class who's the fastest. That's her thing. She's just super fast when she whips out that butt gatling. That's what it sounds like. It's great. Do you know how Judo Girl gets the speed edge? How? To win the day? How does she get the speed edge? She's got to cut down on that resistance. She's got to make her butt more free. That doesn't even make She engages the W accelerator. You know what the W stands for? What? Wedgie. Hooks that swimsuit right up into her ass crack. Gives her the speed bonus she needs. That is ridiculous. (laughs) It sounds like a horror movie. That's... (laughs) A horror movie starring butts. Yeah, it's my worst. That would be Black Mirror. They would just... That would be my... <laughs> they, that's your survival horror game? Yeah. Just running from casual players? <sighs> Hot garbage. You know what's alarming, though? What? I haven't seen the video. I've heard the videos amusing because I don't think they all felt this way. Two of the three women on IGN's Anime Club podcast? Yep. Kind of okay with Keijo. We're mad at it. For the same reason, Amelia Cook wasn't mad at it. It just is what it is. It's not good for them. Hey, I'm not, not trying to. I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it. I wish it didn't exist, <laughs> but I'm not mad at it. Wish somebody hadn't made it. I wish I didn't have to be greeted with fucking ass gifs every Friday morning. And there is an easy way for that to happen: us to go back into time and stop them from making it. <laughs> it's such like somebody made a post on the group about like. Hey, y'all, um, I use Facebook at work. <laughs> yeah. And so maybe you can cool it with the ass gifs or put them in the comments. Yeah. Because the last thing I need when I open my Facebook while at work with my boss standing at the next cubicle <laughs> is to have jiggly butts yeah. getting shot at the camera. Not that there's anything wrong with jiggly butts. You know I love them, fam. But just, uh, maybe we could get an anime without them. Just putting that out there. Crazy idea, I know. On that note, I think it's time that I go home and have a, have a nap. I think it's time for you to have a nap and try and alleviate your headache. I think it's time for me to uh, pass out until morning. <laughs> this this is why we're friends. We just basically have the same schedule. Love napping. It's Halloween weekend. I'm sure all of y'all are, can't wait to go and get your asses out and, you know. Sexy mushrooms. <laughs> Sexy tuba, sexy, sexy mud puddle. <laughs> sexy I don't know, whatever, <laughs> whatever you're out there doing. Um, I am going to be a witch, and um, um oh right, because you actually do Halloween. I do. I love Halloween. Mm. Live for Halloween. I D G A F. Halloween. Halloween is amazing. Senior correspondent is going to be a white mage. It's going to be great. Show you one of the best costumes I saw. Uh, this Halloween season. I'm just going to show it to Caitlin and we'll get her reaction live. 
<laughs> that is phenomenal. It's a uh, Korean gentleman named Tony Kim. I believe he works with the streetwear designer Diamond Supply Company. And he was Arthur. Like the art vark. Yep. Had little ears on, yellow sweatshirt, jeans, white collar t-shirt. Definitely, of course, shot a close-up of his fist for the gram. That is great. Yep. Kind of killed it on that one. So good. Um, yeah, so I, oh, I... Here's a small child dressed as Rihanna for Halloween. That's actually also fantastic. God, these parents these days, killing it with their kids' costumes. I care about that, yeah. I care about, you know, I, I like Halloween in as much as I want to, like, you know, see what parents do with their kids when they get really, like, contemporary with it. If you're going to dress up like Eleven from Stranger Things and walk around with a bag of, you know, the bag of Eggos on a Saturday night, I'm less about that. Though I have a friend who's dressing up as Barb and she looks amazing. She's doing a good Barb. There's going to be a lot of them out there. Oh, she's doing... I think it's the best Barb. All right. Yeah. I want to give shouts to a friend of mine who is a very beautiful young woman, but decided for Halloween to go out as Kaneda from Akira. (laughs) Pick the male lead from a 1988 anime. God bless your heart. You are my favorite. (laughs) Who does that? You're fantastic. And, uh... I think that's, I think we're good. Yeah. Have a good Halloween, fam. Whatever you're doing, Caitlin and I will both be unconscious for it, but we hope you have fun. Yeah. It's going to be so much fun. I love sleeping. Oh, so great. That's <laughs> a tweet I posted. Surprise your coworkers this year for going on Halloween as alive inside. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good times. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, friends. We'll see you again next week. Get at us on the socials. We mentioned at the top of the show, Acting Down Pod for everything. Caitlin loves it, so I'll give her one last opportunity. You can also get at us on the Facebook group. Which is at www.facebook.com forward slash Geek Down Pod. Yes, it is. Come and find us there. Until then, my name is Jordan Ferguson. And my name is Caitlin McKinnon. And we will see you next week with another fantastic episode. Episode 40 <gasps> of the Geek Down Pod. See you then. I was in an amateur production of Jesus Christ Superstar once, and that's what, like, for vocal warm ups, people were doing. I'm not going to lie, that sounded really hot. That's going to be our tag, right? We got it, folks. We're good. Boom! Don't need to do any more recording today. (laughs) That's the pod right there. (laughs) Complain about length now, suckers.